up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 115 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Welcome back. We are here. It is March. And you know what? Another good week in Nintendo news. Happy to report. It is, yeah. Surprisingly yeah. so. Like, I thought we'd had all the Nintendo stuff. This was going to be the quiet week we were going to be able to talk about and just chill out. You know, we did Ring Fit February. Chewie's left us. Now we can just relax. But no. Yeah. You know, it's nice and nice and low-key this episode <laughs> or so, I thought. But no, of course, it is the four-year anniversary of the Nintendo Switch just this past week. Uh, we are here celebrating our favorite consoles, four-year anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is the topic this whole damn episode, pretty much. We're going to be uh, hearing anecdotes from you listeners, talking about our own experiences with the console, and um, and kind of where we where we hope it goes from here, uh, amid the rumors of a Super Nintendo Switch, a Nintendo Switch Pro, whatever we're calling it. Uh, there are some credible rumors uh, making the rounds this week. Uh, so we'll be talking all about that in our main topic. But before that, let me just tell you where you can find us all across the web. Of course, we are the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly gaming podcast uh, that you can get every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we are over on YouTube. If you're an audio listener, if you've never checked out the YouTube product, that's fine. Head over there anyway. Give us a subscribe. We just recently hit, uh, broke 100 subscribers over there, which uh, we greatly appreciate. Finally able to get that vanity URL. Uh, so that is uh, that is really great. We appreciate your support over there. And even if you don't intend on checking out the videos, just go give us a subscribe. Just help us out. Uh, let us know that you appreciate what we're doing by going and doing that free thing for us. <laughs> uh, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, you can write in to me at peanutloopots.com. You can come join our Discord or in our podcast channel. We take questions every week for our MailPod segment, which we'll be getting into a little bit later. Uh, you can also hit up our weekly Twitter thread whenever we remember to post it and uh, source questions over there as well. That is, of course, at LoopPots on both Twitter and Instagram. Go give us a follow. Uh, turn on tweet notifications if you want to keep up with all the cool things we're doing here, including whenever we go live on twitch.tv slash LoopPots. Uh, we did take this last week off. Um, I was feeling a little under the weather, but we are planning on getting back out there again this week, uh, probably with some more Ocarina of Time. We've been doing Steve's first playthrough. It's been a blast hanging out with all of you guys. Um, I mean, it's been fun for me anyway. Steve, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, uh, but but yeah. it's been a good time. So if you want to come be a part of, of those streams, uh, we'd greatly appreciate seeing you in the chat there and uh, getting to know you a little bit better. Were you going to say something, Steve? The sad thing is, like, I, I'd almost forgotten that we never got out of that belly. And oh, we're not I've done. Got to finish it all. Am I? Yep. Am I halfway? Yeah, yeah, you're halfway. Okay. It's the you're main probably boss. Probably a little. It's the main boss. You're probably a than little more spiky halfway. thing. Yeah, it's not as bad. Oh, thank God. I don't it's think it's nearly <laughs> that mini boss is was such a pain in the ass. I forgot how annoying it was until we were really in the middle annoying. of it. It's like, damn, trying to run in a circle in a game that only lets you move in like four dimensions right? is not easy. <laughs> and, then, and then Doc was telling me to like get a stick out to to like do one hit it. And I'm like, I'm panicking here, Doc. I can't even figure out the buttons half the time. Like, have you seen me trying to zeg target anything? It doesn't work. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond and show your support for the show and what we're doing here at Lupots, you can head over to patreon.com slash Lupots, where for just a buck, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, where Steve and I keep the mics rolling for another hour or so, and we talk about uh, 
whatever else is going on in our lives. Um, this week, we'll be talking about how Steve actually uh, just got his uh, COVID-19 vaccine. What's up? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are... After after a year of quarantine podcasting, looks like we might be able to open back up into the real world pretty soon, which is exciting. Wow. Uh, so so yeah, if you want to hear all about about Steve's experience with that and whatever else we have going on, uh, patreon.com slash Pods, just for a buck, you'll get access to the whole archive of After Dark, which is uh, coming up on 80 plus hours of content uh, of us shooting the shit about our lives. So I think uh, well worth your time. Best way to show your support. Head over there and check it out. So. Uh, let's jump into what we're playing this week before we get into, you know, the news and, and the Nintendo Switch anniversary of it all. Uh, I have been playing the same games I've been playing the last couple of weeks between uh, Super Mario Bros. Uh, 3D World and Persona 5 Strikers. I've gotten a middling amount more into both of them. Not really worth talking about too much. Um, you can go check out the first impressions that I did on Persona 5 Strikers with uh, one of you listeners, uh, Mr. Zaid Ida. He uh, was the one I did the Persona 5 Royal cast with back in 2020. He came back to chat with me about our kind of initial impressions on the game. We'll be back with full thoughts about that one later. So keep your eyes peeled if you care. Um, but as for what, you know, what else I've been doing this week, I wanted to just kind of quickly check in with you, Steve, to see how you've been uh, keeping up with Ring Fit. Because, you know, obviously we did Ring Fit February, all throughout February with uh, our pal Chewy Plays. Um, shout out to him for coming and hanging out with us. And, uh, you know, we talked about it in kind of the debrief episode about how we were all very excited to no longer be obligated to do it every day, but that we all had intended to keep doing it to varying degrees. I think we all kind of said we would probably do it like three to five days a week. Um, yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen for you? I've, I've worked out once this week. It's terrible. Okay. Um, in fairness, though, like I've had stuff on. Um, the I planned on working out yesterday, and I'll talk about it on after. But the vaccine wiped me out. It was McCauley's twenty first birthday on Friday, so I didn't want to do anything then. Right. Um, and then we were meant to be streaming on Thursday, so I was like, well, I won't, I won't do anything then. <laughs> so I came up with excuses for myself uh, very, very well. Um, I need to get back on it this week though, so I'm hoping it's going to be a solid Monday, Wednesday, Friday for me. Uh, okay. I'm not. I'm not like Chewy. I can do Mondays. There's no problem. It's. It's like I said. Saturdays are the worst. And having to wake up at eight thirty on a Saturday morning, oh, that was rough. Didn't enjoy yeah. doing that. Uh, I. I did pretty well with it. I think I. I think it was just three, this week. Um, but I. I was pretty much doing it like every other day. I think Friday. Yeah, I did do it on Friday. I was gonna say I thought Friday Saturday was the the only two days in a row I hadn't done it, but I did actually do it Friday night. So I think I just did Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So then if I do it again today, I'll be on an every other day pattern, um, which is fine. I'm totally happy with that. Um, like I want to keep pushing myself and like keeping up with it and making sure that I'm not just kind of like half-assing it, but doing it less uh, gave me more energy to go longer. So like rather than 10, I did 15 minutes minimum yeah, every time i found that too on the on the day i did it it was like i'm not so exhausted from the day before that when it, the thing came off to say the thing came up to say you you done i was like no i'm nowhere near done i could have easily gone for for another an, another session um so i, I just did finally on. get i did finally get to that section with those stupid uh those squat trains, trains oh or whatever that you were talking about and i i literally uh, yesterday or not yesterday Friday, whatever, whenever the last time I worked out was, I was doing one 
and I literally was like cursing at my switch. I was like, "Fuck you! It's Fuck horrible. you, Ring Fit! Why would you do this yeah, to and me?" They go slower <laughs> when you're going uphill, so you have to squat more. I was like, "Oh!" And like, God. if you stop, you start rolling back, and they're like, "Don't give up now!" And I'm like, "Fuck you! How dare you!" Don't Hit the pause you- button. Hit the pause button. I don't know. It oh, went real bad. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm keeping up with it. You know, I I don't anticipate it being a thing that we'll check in on regularly or anything like that moving forward. But um, just it being the week after, I thought, you know, we'd check in and uh, maybe maybe we'll keep talking about it on like After Dark or something to like keep, you know, try to keep each other honest or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I still still going strong for the most part. <laughs> Uh, so what have you been playing? So I haven't been playing much this week. Um, I was meant to be playing some Splatoon with with Zade. He messaged me, but times just didn't align and we never ended up uh, playing any. Um, so I think we're going to try this week. Uh, but uh, I've been playing quite a lot on my Vita. So I've in, I installed some more games. But the, the one I've spent most of the time on is a game I remember playing dearly as a kid which is the game of watch gallery 4 and it made me realize nice. how much i love these game of watch gallery games and they they even came to the ds but you had to get them through my nintendo i might see if i can find a couple of copies of those at some point um but i i really like these games um i actually want to get a game of watch um copy like a physical game of watch of chef so if anyone has a copy of chef that they're willing to sell to me for a decent price then i would gladly take it off your hands because uh, that's my favorite one, and I can't, I, I can't for the life of me remember how you unlock it. Like I, I, I've got five how stars. I, I got five stars. It told me I should have unlocked Chef. Can't click it on the menu, so I can't figure out how. Game's busted, man. It. Yeah, it could well be. It could be an emulation problem. Um, but I, I was playing it, and, and like a fire. I was going for like ten minutes in bed. Uh, the other night, Macaulay just like turned around and went, that sounds getting really repetitive and annoying now. I was like, oh yeah, sorry, I turned it down because it's like the same loop of like two seconds yeah. of music that you get over and over again. Uh, but uh, if you haven't ever played the Game & Watch Gallery games, they're essentially remakes of the original Game & Watch handhelds that Nintendo sold before the Game Boy. Uh, and I highly recommend um, trying them if you haven't. And it kind of makes me sad that these never came to that actual Game & Watch handheld that they did. Like, it only had Super Mario one. You couldn't play any of these Game & Watch games, and that feels like a lost chance to me. Um, and I and I hope one day they, they do a Game & Watch handheld, or the Game & Watch handheld gets hacked to the point where you can just install all of these, these ROMs on them. Um, I wonder if it hasn't. It probably has, uh, yeah. but I don't own one, so I haven't actively looked it up. I know to hack it, you one. have to do some soldering. Um, so it's not like a super easy process, but I'd imagine it will get easier as more and more people want to. Do you do you like That's, it? I I think it's a nice little thing. Like it, it's it's like a very cute little package, and I don't know. Like I I think it's worth the asking price if you're into that kind of thing. You know, if you're a collector and you like, it's not the most practical thing, right? But like, I think it's definitely like a cute little piece of tech. Yeah, and I was so close this week to picking uh winning a copy of mario party e so i bid up to 50 i was like I, there's no way i can justify spending more than 50 uh and it went for 77 so oh I was, I was so close. you should have you should have done it <laughs> 77 is like nothing com- like that's like what like 27 more dollars come on yeah hit the same person it's like was new selling- in box wasn't it uh it was sealed yeah oh my god the same person was selling a brand new inbox um pokemon 
Nintendo, like uh, Game Boy Color. Game you know, Boy. The Pikachu yeah. one. Uh, I, I want to see how much it went for. It was like at 500 and something at some point. Like it was a lot of money for a, a, a handheld. Yeah. Like a, I wonder if it's the Game same Boy. guy. I, I wonder if it's the same guy that I follow on Instagram who just sold one of those for like several thousand dollars. Quite possibly because he was he was selling a bunch of things. Um, all Game Boy stuff. I had the 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 Pokemon Mini, the Pikachu Mini, um, like step on. Oh, thing. this might this might be well. the same guy. He's like a collector, and he's like constantly selling things and buying new things. And I think this is what he does for a job. Oh, God, what a dream job that is! Right, just trolling eBay all day to like buy <laughs> game buy, stuff sell. and resell. Yeah, that's like what a dream! What an absolute dream! It's probably a ton of work, but like, oh my god, that would be so much fun. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so let's jump into the news. Um, not too much this week in terms of like, like a lot happened, but there's not a ton to comment on really. Um, the biggest thing is obviously, uh, Pyra and Mithra have, uh, dropped for Super Smash Brothers. Um, ton of conversation out there around that. Obviously, neither of us are like the biggest Smash people. So in terms of like breaking that down or whatever, I know that there are better sources for that for you so i just really kind of wanted to talk about you know more of the story around it mm-hmm. that i thought was really cool because and, uh and the no, fact that ahead. you're all about mithra but only because she's a good fire no other reason right <laughs> yo that <laughs> that was so funny so if, if you didn't see the reveal video that that steve's referencing um sakurai always does those like 40 minute presentations where he talks about like the history of the franchise and why they chose the character and how they play and like how they built their move set out or whatever. And he made like two or three jokes about how uh, Mithra was his favorite. And he's like, definitely just because she's a good fighter though. That's all totally. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And the, the internet just erupted <laughs> of just how many people just like, wow, Sakurai really just out here being horny on main right now. huh? Like, <laughs> oh God, it was so funny. Yeah, it's but, so great especially just because like i've never like he's so wholesome all the time <laughs> it's so funny i wonder if that's uh, like a but, japanese culture thing though to to like be really reserved and not really show show your true colors i mean like it is but like i feel like weirdly not with like sexuality yeah. like for like, for a culture that i feel like outsiders pers- um What's what I'm looking for? Uh, perceive as being like more reserved or more buttoned up or whatever. Like they have like a very open, like there's a lot of like comfortability with like sexuality and media and 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 that kind of stuff. Um, which is weird because in the West we're like super like prudish mm-hmm. about it, you know. Um, but they have like sexy game shows and like there's no shortage of sexy anime and you know like all that kind of stuff. Well, it's um, just this video that Nintendo released the physics on her whole body. Wow. Yeah, so that was actually what I wanted to bring up. Uh, so, boob jiggle physics aside, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Monolith uh, Soft put out like what I, what I thought was like really actually a really sweet, cute thing. Um, Monolith Soft, of course, the development studio behind Xenoblade Two. Uh, they made like this special little video in support of them coming to the game. That was like the voice actors, like uh, like they're receiving their invitation and they're just like, oh, like you know, I'm joining Smash today. Like I hope you'll come support me and like whatever. And I don't know. It's just it's sweet to see 
Monolith Soft, who is, you know, obviously a Nintendo studio, but they don't, I don't feel like their their projects or their name gets as much attention as like an EAD or, you know, like some of the other A-tier franchises, um, even something like a Fire Emblem. So like, it, it is cool to see them excited about it and like proud of their character getting the bump and and all that so i just i thought that was sweet and i, I just it wanted is, to share yeah. it of the and two, also who's, I wanted, who, who's your favorite like you know we know who sakurai's favorite is i love the one like just hair. you mean just like just based on looks yeah well i know you don't really know about the fight and stuff right right yeah so i mean if we're just talking about that yeah i'm with you i i, I prefer pyra actually i'm i'm more of a i i prefer redheads so <laughs> um but we're all beautiful right so, very true even we fit uh, girl even we fit even we fit trainer with her yep. no face <laughs> <laughs> there there's the guy one too so <laughs> he's weirdly more unsettling to me something about the tank top and everything i'm oh, just yeah, like yeah. ah he just he's like it's too much it's of like skin. a mannequin has come to life and yeah. I think that's what's so strange about it. It's like, oh my god, nightmare. <laughs> and and I, I think, I think it's like you see the Wii Fit trainer, like the 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 woman one more. That like, I'm just more used to her as like a thing, whereas he just looks like an, a mannequin man who's come to life and is just like, exercise with me. <laughs> no, please. Oh god, I wonder if we'll get any Ring Fit representation in Smash at some point. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it's as popular as We Fit was. Like We Fit was a big is. deal. You think it is? Like maybe ring, isn't it like in their top six or something now? Bestsellers. I don't know. It was. It, I know it was the best-selling JRPG last year, which was mind-blowing to me. That was so funny. I, I saw Imran Khan uh, from. I forget where he is now. Uh, Fanbyte. Um, Fanbyte. Yeah, he's over at Fanbyte now. He was tweeting about that, and I was just like, what? <laughs> That's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, I'm saying that without any, like, that was just me shooting from the yeah, cuff, yeah. Of, uh, or from the hip, right? Like, I remember We Fit and the balance board, and, like, that was a thing that, like, every person yeah, I knew Yeah, you saw, like, the news Wii. reports of, like, old people's homes, and they were there, like, People's mom are doing stuff. it. Yeah. You know, like, I remember, like, I had a few friends who had a Wii, that all of a sudden was in their family room because their mom was doing Wii Fit all the time and, and that kind of thing. So um, maybe that's just me anecdotally remembering it being bigger rather than whatever. But Well, Wii Fit sold 22.67 million copies. Uh, I don't know how many Ring 22.6 million? 22.6. And so far, Ring okay. Fit's at 8 million copies. Okay. Yeah. So definitely... Quite a bit smaller, but yeah. also, you know, it's it's got a lifespan ahead of it, probably. So, we'll see. Um, I I remember thinking when that game came out, I was surprised that there wasn't a Wii Fit nod in it. That like, you couldn't play as the Wii Fit trainer or something. Or I even had that weird tank top. <laughs> weird, just no, just weirdly gray maybe, maybe that should be like yeah can i like not have a face is that an option like just you know can i be monochromatic like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so creepy but anyway uh shout out to uh pyra and mithra making the jump uh and shout out to monolith soft congratulations to them and uh sakurai watch it bro all right watch it 
You gotta you gotta make sure that's that's what private accounts are for, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's, uh, let's jump into the main topic here. So, like we said at the jump, uh, just this past what was it Thursday? I think it was Friday. Whatever. It just this last week we had the anniversary of the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it officially turns four years old, which is weird because it. I don't know. When that came up, I was like, wow, that feels like so long ago. But then I thought about the fact that it came out in 2016. And I'm like, oh, right. And we just, president, we just did that. So 2017, wasn't it? It was 2017. And and then you got to remember the fact that it's still March 2020 and it's just been ongoing since then. You know, we haven't had it's March. Yeah. It's March 2021 now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's times weird and meaningless anymore. But yeah. Uh, four years with the Nintendo Switch. And it's just weird to think, like, does Breath of the Wild doesn't feel like a game that's four years old in my no, life. No, and you put you it in I mean? and it still feels super fresh. Like, that game could have released today and it would still be a um, heavy hair. And it, it still feels weirdly relevant. Like, it, it feels like a game that we're still talking about all the time. Like, what other game came out four years ago that you talk about that much? Oh, I Not even know. Odyssey. I talk about Odyssey. I, I think I do. We do talk about Odyssey, especially when there's a new Mario game. Like we're always saying, like we want a new Odyssey. But yeah, never yeah, in the point. I, never in the context of, hey, look, this is the Pokemon Breath of the Wild game. Hey, this is the ripoff of Breath of the Wild. That's a that's Genshin Impact. Or like anytime you talk about any game, like any open world game, like when you're talking about Cyberpunk, and it's just like I mean, like Breath of the Wild, though, like you know. <laughs> uh, well, I like Horizon came out that same week, right? Yeah, and I feel like that never gets mentioned as much as Breath of the Wild does. Mm-mm. No, I mean Horizon is like a, a sleeper hit compared to Breath of the Wild, yeah. you know. Um, which is whack because Horizon's great, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to think about. It is especially because like we've been doing this podcast like half that time, and that even doesn't. I don't feel like we've been doing this for two years, but here we are, over a hundred episodes in. So clearly we have. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I, I wanted to just like kind of start off uh, talking a little bit about like some of the numbers and some of that stuff and, you know, and then kind of getting into our personal histories and some we have some anecdotes from the listeners. Uh, so this I thought was interesting. Matt uh, Piscatella, who we, <clears throat> you know, we we end up citing him pretty frequently. He's a, a numbers guy in the games uh, space. He, he works with uh, NPD group and um According to this is this is a tweet from Matt. He says, according to the MPD group's game pulse, four thousand eight hundred and thirty nine games have launched on Nintendo Switch in the U.S. market through the end of February 2021. Uh, One thousand five hundred and thirty released in 2020 alone. That's that's a lot of games. (laughs) And then they show the chart and it's wild. It's wild to see. We had like uh, looks like maybe just under four hundred in twenty seventeen. And just absolutely eclipsing that here four years later, right? Oh, yeah. So many well, games are coming out. I mean, I, I want to talk about like that because 2017, when I first got that console, and I didn't get it on launch day, it was sold out everywhere, and I ended up getting it, I think, three weeks later in April, maybe. Um, and I remember just being so hungry for anything. Like, that was the point where if you were an indie game and you were on the eShop, you were getting bought. Like, I remember I bought buying. It. Yeah, I bought Snipper Clips. I bought that, like, Geometry Shooter game. I remember buying uh, that. Uh, Blaster Master Zero. Uh, I got the the racing game. It's like a ripoff of Wipeout. Um, 
there's like a ton of games that like I only bought because I wanted something for my Switch and there wasn't anything else because yep. Nintendo were doing that thing of like, we're going to tell you what's coming next, next month. And it's like, then they would tell you like, this month is this game, this month is this game, this month is this game. And it was such a good strategy, like yeah. such a good strategy. They, they launched with Breath of the Wild and Snipper Clips and that was like really the only game you needed. And I remember people who were against the the Switch being like, well, why would you buy a Switch? It's got no game on it. It's like, well, it's got one of the best games of all time on it. That's the only reason I ended up buying the Switch was for Breath of the Wild. Also, Breath of the Wild is like an 800-hour game if you want it to be. So it's like, oh, it was one game. It's like, yeah, but it'll fucking tie me over <laughs> until there's another one. Like, this game. Yeah, and huge. then you got Mario Kart month two. You got Splatoon yeah. month three. We had Mario Rabbids that year. We had Mario Arms Odyssey was like that right year. in that oh, first oh, couple yeah, months. Arms, yeah. okay. <laughs> I forget Don't about talk arms. shit. All right. <laughs> I am I am really not about the fucking arms disrespect on this podcast. And it's bad enough that the general world is gonna put that disrespect on arms, but not in my house, Steve. Okay? We put respect on arms name. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was, that was such a good launch, though. And I, uh, the, do you remember when you wanted to get a Switch? Like I, I was super interested when they did that original announcement, and there was that goofy video of her taking her console over to, uh, yeah. a, like a party, and they were playing the One Loft. Two Switch or whatever. And I was like, I don't give a shit about One Two Switch. Um, but it was like Skyrim on a plane and stuff, and it was like, is this actually going to be legit? But then it was the uh, the GDC talk they did where they spoke about the design of Breath of the Wild and showed that like 2D design, like all the cooking stuff that was in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I am sold on this. And the next day I went and I bought a uh, Nintendo Switch. And that's what sold me on it was that GDC talk. So for me, uh, it was it was kind of a multifaceted thing, right? So at the time, um, <clears throat> I had been following nintendo switch since it was codenamed the nx um and i had been really kind of eagerly following it because obviously you know i'm a big fan of nintendo i I wouldn't be here otherwise um but during the wii u era uh i um actually speaking of wii i wanted to point this out somebody asked matt piscatella if there was a similar comparison for wii u and he said that total uh it was like 980 titles had been released on wii u so less than like the first year really like you, that like year two, we were up to one thousand two hundred on. Switch. Yes, yeah, right. Um, so not great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I had I had been a Wii U owner, and and I felt really burned by the Wii U. Uh, I you know I bought it early, and I I supported it, and I really believed in it, and I wanted it to succeed, even though you know it felt like it was um behind the competition, frankly, right, and that it didn't really have a clear vision. Uh, but but the software was good, and I was like, well, when Zelda comes, when the Mario comes, like when those things come, it'll it, that'll be enough. And obviously, they didn't come. And going into the Switch, I was I I was wary because you know the, there was the news that Nintendo had combined their home console and handheld console divisions, and that that was part of the rumors swirling around the NX that it was going to be this hybrid console. And I remember thinking that that was a brilliant idea. Because the 3DS, the DS, right? Like, Nintendo's handheld stuff had always been strong. And even during the Wii U era, the 3DS had lots of games that were worth playing. And, and arguably, I think, most of the, the Nintendo games that were making a splash were coming out on their handheld consoles more so than on their home consoles. Well, they had that and, weird system of, if it comes to Wii U, we're going to port it to 3DS because the 3DS player base was so much bigger. And it right. was kind of like, well, why do I need to buy a Wii U then? 
because if I'm only going to play most of these games handheld anyway, I know Super Mario Maker is coming to the 3DS. I'll just wait for it to come there. Yep. Yeah. Same with Smash. Like that came to the 3DS, and it was uh, I know a place where a lot of people played that game. It was a bestseller. Yeah. Um. So I. So I mean, that was a thing where like knowing that that was the plan, or like thinking that that might be the plan based on rumors. I was like, that sounds great. Let's see it. Right? What's it actually look like? And it wasn't until that that presentation of you yeah. know, the commercial that we all memed into the ground and then it ended up being exactly true of this millennial, right? There were no kids. There were no families. It was young, single people living by themselves, playing a video game, and then, you know, hopping on a plane or going to visit their friends or whatever and, and taking it with them and playing games in this party environment and like that that is the switch and like maybe not now right but like at least in the early days of the switch that was the novelty of it you know like i i and i've told some of these stories before but if you're a new listener um you know like i remember the first uh christmas after the switch came out and you know i was uh living with my dad at the time and i remember you know all my friends uh who like didn't live you know, where we had grown up anymore are like home for the holidays and people are off work and everything. So like, you know, we, you, you have those moments of like, Oh, it's like we're kids and we're going to get together and play video games together. And I was playing arms with a bunch of, of my, my hometown friends. And I remember we had been playing for like maybe two hours or so, just passing the sticks back and forth and going, going, going. And a bunch of them smoke. And I remember one of them was like, all right, I'm ready for a cigarette break. And a bunch of them were like, all right, yeah, let's go out and smoke. And I was like, why do we have to take a break? And they're just like, and I remember literally the room erupting like, oh shit, like yeah, and we bring it outside and stick it on, you know, there's like a bench in front of my dad's house and we're just, we just keep going, you know? Um, and like I brought it to the bar that I used to go to every Monday night with my friends and we, we would, uh, I'd bring the Switch and I was friends with the bartender. We'd hook it up and play Mario Kart. It was, oh, we're gonna play Mario Kart and like take it to the movie theater. You know, I remember the day I got it uh, bringing it with me to the movie theater. Uh, Logan, the X-Men movie, came out that day. And I remember my friend um, Lex and I went to the theater and she's like very anxious about like time and seats and stuff. So like we go early and I was like, oh, cool. I got my Switch. You want to see this? And we just sat and played Breath of the Wild for like 30 minutes and waited for the movie, you know? Um, and, and it was those things that like the promise of that was what got me in and what sold me on it. And the fact that literally the day I bought it, I was like, oh my God, this just works. Like it just works the way they said it would. And like, I remember thinking, like seeing the video and like doing a podcast afterwards. And I'm like, I wonder if the transition between screen to dock is actually that fast. Like, you know, and like all these things that you're like, is it really going to be like that? Or is this just marketing material? And it, it was, it was just like that. It lived up to the hype. It had a vision. Yeah, it was it was better than I ever could have imagined. And like I remember, there it was still that, is there was that goofy leak. Remember that looked like a like a diamond, like it was like a, a PS Vita style thing. And it was like a controller with a screen yeah. on it and shit. Yeah, and it was like I was like, oh, is that really what it's gonna be? But then then you obviously had the Joy Cons. It's like take them off, and you you don't need to get a uh, a sec- separate controller. It's all there in the box. You can play two player games immediately which no other console let you do it was such a good package uh that 
it was hard to hard for people to to say no to. And yeah, oh, the man. games the games weren't there at launch. Like there was only one game, and if you weren't a Zelda fan, then then yeah, maybe it wasn't for you. But that first year, when you get Mario Kart, Splatoon three, and a th- the first proper three D Mario game since Galaxy, it's like wow, slam dunk. Yeah, like I I do, I don't think there's a console with a better launch year. The no. Nintendo Switch. No, no way. Like the contenders for game of the year that year was Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey. They were the only two games that people were talking With about. With Horizon in like a distant third place. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that was that wasn't coming anywhere near Breath of the Wild. Like, if you'd given it to an open world RPG, it was going to Breath of the Wild. Yep. And like rightfully so, you know. Um I yeah, I mean the the Switch is fantastic, right? Like I don't I don't think it can be understated how the Switch single-handedly saved Nintendo, I think. Um Nintendo had kind of become a joke during the Wii U era and like it was this thing where if you were a Nintendo fan, you were constantly defending them or making excuses for their stupid decisions. Or being like, I wish that they would do this. I pray that they would do that. Well, and even after the Switch was released, though, I remember having conversations on this show about it. It's like, when the fuck are they going to drop the 3DS? It was like, we'd have a Nintendo Direct and they would be like, and it's going to be like 15 minutes of, of 3DS games. It's like, why are you still releasing like the Mario Party uh, collection on 3DS, but you're not going to bring it to, to your latest and greatest Switch console? And I get that those were already in production, but why not spend the resources to port them over to your brand new console that you're trying to sell? Yeah, and, and I mean those were things right, where like they they were still like testing the waters. They were waiting to see if it was going to hit, and like didn't want to you know um, overcommit and all these things. And but you know now you look at it right, and it's like that seems crazy in retrospect, right? Like it's on it's on track to be as popular as the Wii, um, but also like it doesn't have any of the baggage of the Wii because like the Wii was super successful, but like so much of the Wii sales were like. This retirement home has a Wii. Like, oh, yeah, like, you're, like, that that family friend that you have that they have kids, but they don't really play games, but they have it, and they play, like, Wii Sports together sometimes. Yeah. Like, like th- those were big segments of the market, and there were people that owned a Wii that owned one game or owned two games that never touched the game. Well, I would imagine, Whereas, like, I can't imagine the number of consoles that got sold that never bought a game because it came with the pack-in Wii Sports. Yep, and that's all they wanted. Um, and that's fine, but the switch is is so much bigger than that. It's so much better than that. Like, and and it appeals to every kind of gamer, right? Like, if you're a core gamer, there's a lot of really good, high quality, like you know, like capital VG video game shit on the switch. Well, but this there's was the also first like Rockstar game on a on a Nintendo console for for years. We yeah. got um, L.A. Noir. Chinatown Wars on, like, the, yeah. the DS. That was it. That was the only <laughs> other one I can think of. Yeah. Um, great game, by the way. Uh, and Bethesda, yeah, yeah. they came back to Nintendo consoles. Right. I mean, have they ever been on one? I I actually don't know. I'd I imagine an have. id game must have been on, like, Switch or something. Like, I'm sorry, sure. Switch. Like, Doom must yeah. have been around at some point. That would have been, like pre either way right yes doom and that kind of stuff sure but like not like a skyrim no um, yeah that like bethesda softworks games i think the only consoles they, they they started on the xbox was the first console they came to right and they never came to a, a nintendo console so yeah so i mean like you see that that kind of shift but it's also just that like 
the main line games feel less gimmicky and like ain't like breath of the wild is like a real like when's the last time zelda was that significant yeah i mean i do i do think that nerfing it with the on the wii u version was a shitty decision like turning off that inventory like that sucked and and people that got sold that promise in all of the presentations that nintendo gave that you're going to be able to view the game on the screen while you got the gamepad in your hand and you can quickly like tap and hold oh. things and like put them on the fire it's like the fact that that was removed for no real reason other than we wanted the best experience to be on the switch was a bit of a shitty shitty thing to do but i can i can understand yeah. why they want consistency between platforms though yeah that that's like i mean i wasn't affected by it so like me saying it, I don't care about that is like shitty to say, I guess. But like, I feel like that's kind of like, all right, you know, like I, I get it, right? You're trying to sunset this thing that was a fucking failure and give this new thing a shot. Um, and I think they made all the right moves where that was concerned. Like, I, I think the marketing, the messaging of the Switch, the branding, like the way it looks, the way it feels, like all those things are are huge i think factors in its success like the fact that the switch feels like a premium product and not a kids toy um yeah that's got rid of that shiny Nintendo. glossy plastic that was mainly just like air didn't Fisher need to be Price as big bullshit. as it needed to be. yeah yeah um didn't like, focus like, in on multimedia like some other consoles you know even the wii u with the tv button and the fact that it could be like a remote for your tv it's a universal like, remote <laughs> it's like i want a console not a remote <laughs> Funnily enough, that was one of the things I used my Wii U for the most, was it as a remote. <laughs> but um, that speaks more about the Wii U, I guess, than that functionality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess before we get into some of the... Uh, we got some anecdotes from some of our, our Patreon supporters in terms of like how they got their Switch or whatever, but... Um, Let's let's just quickly tell those stories, I guess, too, right? Like, what was your journey getting the Switch like? So, for me, um, I, I saw that presentation that we discussed and I literally the next day I went and pre-ordered it um, at, at my local GameStop. And I remember showing up that day and you know it's a console launch. So like it's kind of tough to gauge because they're either insane or they're really quiet. Yeah. Like especially the only console launches I've been to have been the PSP, which was stupidly quiet and the Xbox series X, which was stupidly quiet because of COVID. So uh, right. both of those are like obscure, you know, like anom- anomalies in the in the chart. Right. Yeah. And and I think um, at least where I lived, the Switch re- release was a big deal. Right. Um, the the mall in the town I used to live in, they did a, you know, a day day one event kind of thing. And it was like at this time you can show up. And I got there 15 minutes early and I was way in the back like i like i ended up being in the overall middle of the line but like when i got there it was already like it's one of those mall game stops right so it's like line starts here it goes out this way and then curves and then curves and then curves again out the door and then people were out the store right so i'm like i'm at the end of probably the first coil so you know in the store yeah, I'm in the store. So it's I'm there I'm there like no, I didn't wait that long, but I'm like they're 20 minutes early and I'm like the 30th person there or like the 20th person there, so it's like people showed up, right? There were a lot of people who came for this thing. 
And I've told the one part of this story for sure. I remember where I'm waiting in line and they have like three or four people. There's like two people working in the registers and like two other people are like running in the back and pulling stuff up and, and getting everybody's stuff because it's all like number ordered. So like whatever you pre-ordered is in a bundle with your name and a number on it basically. Um, so this guy is like, you, what's your number? What's your number? What's your number? So I'm like, oh, okay, this is my number or whatever. And I was like, yo, oh no, I didn't even say it to him. I was like, man, I really wish that they had the the dual blues. And I just kind of said it out loud to another guy I had been chatting with in the line. I was like, I kind of wanted to pick those up. And the guy who had just asked me my number, he's like, yo, I think we got one in the back. You want them? And I was like, take a look. And he, he and like he goes in the back and then he po- he pokes his head out again. And he whistles and he's like, He's pointing at him. He's got him in his hand. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring him over. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> so I actually posted the picture on my Twitter uh, the other day of like all of the stuff I bought day one. And like I bought everything. I had the case. Wow. I had an extra set of Joy-Cons. I bought the Pro Controller. I got Breath of the Wild. I got Poyo Poyo Tetris. Um, I think that was it. I was stacked. Like, yeah, I got like everything. What about Bomberman? I remember that came out. On day one, I didn't get that. I thought about it because I, I like Bomberman a lot. But um, never got around to that one. Yeah. Um, I think I bought Poyo Day One. Maybe I bought that later. But either way, uh, I I went ham and have not regretted the decision. <laughs> yeah. So so for how me, like I I spoke about how I, I saw that GDC talk. I, that was after the Switch was already out. I didn't pre-order the console, and for a few weeks it was like impossible to find anywhere. Like, I was looking, couldn't find it anywhere. Um, but I, I ordered the the game i'd already ordered breath of the wild so i had that in my hand before i had the <laughs> console and i was like oh for See, fuck's sake you were one of those people that led to that brief period where there were more sold copies yes. of breath of the wilds than there were switches yes because i couldn't <laughs> find a switch anywhere and then uh argos which is a retailer in the uk got some back in stock near me and i managed to snag one it was nothing like the ps5 though at the moment with all the bots and stuff i don't know if that's because the bots went as like I don't know, up to date back in 2017 as they are now? Because it seems like today you can't buy a console for love nor money. I think I think there were just more switches is the thing. Like I I know that like the, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox, like they made less than they had initially planned on because of the pandemic and like shortages of like the certain chips or chipsets or whatever. Yeah. And then they ended up I know for at least the PlayStation, I don't remember about Xbox. They ended up making more than they thought. Like, I think they originally were like, we're going to do like and eight. Had that and then they were wave. like, we're going to do five. And then they did like seven, you know? So like, I think it might just be COVID stuff kind of that is impacting it a little bit where there's such a scarce amount that yeah. the scalping is felt a little bit more because it's really tough to get your hands on one where like, it was hard as fuck to get a Switch but it was also not like insane that if you went to like a target every day that you might, you could get one, you know? And like I was checking on Reddit every single day uh, on the, uh, on Nintendo switch, they were constantly posting like they're back in stock here. They're back in stock here. And, and you could do that every time I saw one within like the hour. Yeah. Here in Woodbridge, New Jersey, there's one, you know, Hey, like I saw there's a batch of them at this Walmart, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just try to help people out, you know? Yeah. I used to do that with uh, with the Amiibos, too. Yeah, that was like, I was on the Reddit for the Amiibos. And that was like, a thing. Like, oh. I got obsessed with those for no good reason. Like, I don't know why. Like, soon after I got the Switch, and it was like, oh, I saw these Amiibos, and 
I, have, I love them. Pretty much every Zelda one now um, is sealed. You're watching on box. YouTube. You can see yeah, see behind me. This is my. I, this thing is filled with the bottom layer is statues and stuff. The top two layers are exclusively amiibo. Yeah. So I have uh, for no good reason. Like they, they, I've never used them. The only one I've ever really used has been the Diablo one, which uh, yeah. if you don't know, calls like a two year fucking delay of me getting it in the first place. And by that point I had it, I wasn't even playing Diablo anymore. So it took me ages to even use the thing. And it's so strange because I ordered that from Nintendo. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, they hate the UK. <laughs> I was, I was late to the, to the Nintendo switch and, and I just spent, I remember putting it into the dock and I was like, Oh, this is great. And I put the joy cons in that little grip and I was like, this fucking sucks. And the next day I went to the store and I bought a pro controller because I was like, I can't use this piddly little thing. My hands don't fit around this. It's horrible. I don't think I've ever used that grip again. I think I've lost the thing. I actually, I like the grip. I use it a lot. I have it um, on my desk at all times. Like whenever we stream and stuff, I usually end up using this. Oh, for real? Like I would, I yeah. pr- definitely prefer just a Joy-Con in each hand. And that flexibility of being able to like lie down on the couch and you can have like two Joy-Cons in either hand and they'll be like, you can like have them crossed over and still play. Yeah. No problem. It's like so relaxing. Just play my that buddy, way. Uh, my buddy Andy, who uh, I used to podcast with, he uh, he joked about that. I remember when they first revealed it, he's like, this is made for people who sit fucking weird like me. And like, he's always the guy who's like, arm is like stretched behind his head and he's got the other one leaned like, so he's like, you know just like the most uncomfortable position you could be in, but it works with the joy cons. Um, I don't mind that for some games, some, it, it feels weird. Like on like a platformer, like I just want a controller in my hand. I find and, like, that I, the sticks aren't precise enough on the joy cons for platformers. So like 3d world, for example, mm. I've had to use the, the pro controller. I just don't find I've got the level of granularity I can get in a bigger stick. And that could also be because I've still got one of the wonky day one, blue joy cons i never got repaired and so it constantly loses connection oh, that's probably why i've had drift on every set of controllers i've owned i think i bought two additional sets since i've had a switch they've all drifted i'm at the point where almost every set has drift now and i'm, I'm getting really angry about it actually um because like it, it, it went from being like oh i've never experienced this two years in so weird to like oh i have one set that did it okay and now it's like almost every set we own and we have like four sets, I think. Yeah. yeah no, five. I have the original blue red. I have my original set of blue blue. I have the purple ones from Doc. I have the yellow ones from Arms. And then I have the gray ones that came with Saturn. And they're all, they're all drifting? Not all of them, but I think it's like two sets don't have them yeah, now. It's so irritating. And I, I've replaced the sticks on on a couple of them, and that solved the problem. But it's it's something that really needs addressing. It really does. And I also had that problem with the the dock. I think was slightly bent in when it got shipped to me, so it was scratching oh, the sides of the screen. You, so I ended I never up never had that. I ended up buying a a glass screen protector. Uh, like the second day I had it, and I was really really careful when I was putting it in and out of the dock. Uh, because I noticed it was scratching on the screen, which sucked. So that it wasn't a faultless launch. It really wasn't. Uh, but despite all that, I think it was still a, g- a good launch. Uh, the Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think you can argue that, right? Like, they, they had a clear vision for this thing. It came out. It's been wildly successful. It's still popular. It's got a great library. It sells really well every year. 
Um, I, I think it's it's clearly been a successful launch and that it's in a good place, you know. Um, all right, so let's let's get into some of the the stories from our our uh, Patreon supporters before we get into the the Super Switch stuff. Uh, so this one comes from Wakahula, who said, "So back in 2017, I was so fascinated by the concept of the Switch that I subscribed to every outlet that specialized in Switch coverage. That's how I found Pixel Par and ultimately Loot Pods." I was replaying everything there was in the 3DS and Vita library because my commute basically was my only gaming time. I had two hours total. That's a long commute. Uh, I didn't think the Switch would be sold out at launch. Oh boy, was I wrong. Not a single shop had it anywhere in stock anymore. And when I went to buy it in on my way home from work that day, thankfully, I found a guy on one of the local classifieds apps who I bought it from the next day for a few bucks extra. I bought Breath of the Wild before I met up with the guy, went straight home, and played Breath of the Wild for the rest of the day. The Switch is my first Nintendo console and my most favorite gaming console, period. And then he he says, by first console, I mean proper console. I owned most of the handhelds. Yeah, same here. That This was the the first console, Nintendo console I'd ever bought with my own money. Everything else had been purchased for me. Like My parents have either bought them for the house or as like a gift or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, it's interesting that Wakahula also bought Breath of the Wild before the console like me. So a lot of people did. Yeah. I I remember that being a news story where it was like, oh, there's like, it has like uh, there's like it was like a sixty or not sixty. What's the word? It was like it was like a hundred and ten percent attach rate or something like that. It's like what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> people buying two people copies of like the special happened? edition though, didn't they? And I was so close to buying the the Japanese import of the the like CD because it looked all oh, the all, the soundtrack was so good. Yeah, oh, but I didn't end That's up doing a good one. it. All right, this next one comes from uh, that doc guy who says, uh, I was not a Switch owner at launch, but I remember the hype in my local area was huge. My GameStop, God rest its soul, March 2020, rest in peace, <laughs> had a midnight launch event scheduled. So I figured I'd go since it was I was uh, unemployed at the time, and I had put in my Zelda pre-order a while before this. I pulled up at around 11.15, and there were already a dozen or so people lined up. Some were in cosplay, some had Switch t-shirts, some had brought Wii U's to trade in, and so on. Someone had even brought their Wii U as is and was playing it on the gamepad off of the public outlets on the strip mall. It got to the point that they had to actually line us up in order to give us little Sharpie numbers on our hands for what order to come in since they had stock for all pre-orders but not for all walk-ins. I picked my copy of Breath of the Wild up, was envious of those who got Switches since while I could have gotten one, a single game was not enough of, was not enough of a console seller for me. But when I got home, I loaded my Breath of the Wild on my Wii U and within 10 minutes, I was hooked. I knew then and there I had to get the Switch as soon as I could. See, I wonder if I owned a Wii U whether I would have bought a switch for breath of the wild i don't think i would have i absolutely had one and i was like i remember my uh my best friend bought it on wii u because he was also a, a chump and had a wii u and he was like why would i get a switch it's the only game and i have a wii u i'll just play it here and i'll get it later and i was like you're fucking crazy <laughs> you're crazy that you don't want the new nintendo console day one are you kidding me but I can see why, though. Like, person. if he'd been burnt by the Wii U and was like, this piece of plastic trash in the corner. He loved the touched. Wii U. Was oh, the that thing. makes no sense then. Yeah, he, he was such he he was such a Wii U stand, like such a Wii U stand. And it was so funny to me that I was like, but you're not going to get the switch right away. He's like, ah, I'll get it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's always been his vibe, though. Loves video games, but he does not give a shit about playing things that are like new. You know, he's like, ah, I'll play it later. 
envious envious of that attitude <laughs> me too like can you imagine if you could do that like just buy a game when it's reduced to like ten dollars rather than 70 at launch yeah you didn't care about it being brand new or like being in the in the metaverse and the bubble in the zeitgeist yeah yeah, like uh, w- like uh, my buddy Caleb from my band. Uh, he when Ghost of Tsushima came out, he was like, "Oh man, I really want to play this. It looks so cool." Uh, but he is also like very, very casual. Like he plays maybe one video game a year, right? Wow. Um, and uh, he got it like I don't know, like a month or two ago, as like a Christmas, like late Christmas present or something. And I remember he was like finally like booting it up and he's like, oh my God, I'm finally going to get to play. Like, I, you know, I haven't, I'm so excited. I haven't seen anything about it. And I'm like, how, how is that possible? You know, like, and of course, right. If you're not a psycho like us, like it's really easy to not see video game. But like I was but, like games that I've been super excited about. I've just been so angry when I've even seen anything. Like, you know, when the last of us two stuff all leaked before it came out and it was like, oh, for fuck's yeah. sake, I was like like muting i gotta mute all these words on twitter i was like don't want to see anything and i know people have been like it about one division because i see everyone just talking about like don't mention one division don't do this don't do that i have no fucking idea what one division is um but everyone's banging on about it so maybe you need to tell me about that in after dark because i really just have sure i will say Go check out uh, on my other podcast group, The Comics Pals. We have a show that goes up every Saturday called We Watch WandaVision, and it's a review of every episode. Okay. Now that it's over, you can go listen to the whole thing. There's a plug. Um, but yeah, I'll talk to you about it on on After Dark. I actually genuinely think you would like it a lot. Um, See, I thought also... that, like, because Dad told me what it was a bit like, the some black save, and white save thing. Save it, save it. Yeah. Save it. We'll talk about it on After Dark. <laughs> uh, all right, so this next comment comes from uh, Snackago. Another one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, everyone has been. Um, and uh, he wrote in and said, I worked at GameStop at the time the Switch launched, and that day was awful. So many sad faces leaving without a Switch, and getting cussed at wasn't fun either. I still got mine at launch, so I wasn't too upset, and I played Breath of the Wild for like 10 hours straight. Playing it handheld for the first time was probably the best part. Oh, man. Gamers can be pricks, can't they? They really can. Just like, Especially to GameStop employees. Right. I feel like every GameStop employee I've ever met has like 90 stories about how some gamer was like making small talk with them and then all of a sudden like fucking curse them out or some shit or like whatever. Yeah. People are dicks. Yeah. Big time. Be nice. Be nice to each other. I, how um, does it work though? Like if you work at GameStop and I want you to write in and tell me, Zaid, because do you get like first dibs? Oh yeah, you do. Do you really? Oh wow. Okay. And I maybe it doesn't work that at every that way at every GameStop, but I've known a lot of GameStop managers in my day. Yeah, you totally get first dibs. (laughs) Totally. I guess that's a perk of you you being there. Maybe that's where all the PS fives are going. GameStop employees (laughs) are just buying them all and scalping, buying them and selling them online. (laughs) I think that'll get you in trouble, but. All right. So uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in with their anecdotes about the Switch and picking it up. Um, Some great stories there. So let's jump into the Switch Pro and and, and what's going on there. So uh, this week we got a report from Bloomberg uh, that specifically came from Takashi Mochizuki and Sohee Kim. Uh, Takashi, of course, um, been with Bloomberg for a long time. Uh, is specifically like one of their Japanese correspondents and and does like specifically write about games, but has broken a lot of Nintendo news. 
Yeah, um, so I think it's more ahead. that that um, they have sources in the supply chain. So right. there's a lot of like sources that that um, they've reported on previously. It's not necessarily always Nintendo, but they have also been the one that broke the the Switch Pro. Like they also remember they broke the like battery life revision and all of that stuff. You mean the Switch? You meant Switch Lite. Yes, you just they said. broke the Switch Lite, right. and then they also broke the the news of the revised battery life model. Um, right. With a slightly different screen. Yeah, that's a good clarification. That was what I meant is like they have specifically broken Switch hardware news in the past because of, of their, you know, their beat. Uh, and then Sohee Kim uh, is relevant to this story because um, she's also a tech reporter for Bloomberg. And she often specifically reports on Samsung stuff, uh, which is very relevant to this story. So okay. um, the, you know, kind of the way that. I first saw it come into my lexicon the way that I think a lot of people first saw it was that Wario 64 tweeted it out um, shortly after this story, this story dropped. And um, I'm going to just quickly read his tweets because I think it sums everything up really well. And that way we don't have to like pull from the whole article. I highly recommend you go read it yourself uh, from Bloomberg. Again, this is Bloomberg, uh, Takashi Mochizuki and Sohee Kim. This is up on March 3rd. Um, great, great piece of, piece of journalism here. Um, so... Wario tweeted about it and he said Bloomberg reports that a new Nintendo Switch model will have a 7 inch Samsung OLED 720p display with plans to unveil later this year displays in mass production starting in June with initial monthly target of just under 1 million units he then followed up with another tweet and said the new Switch model will have 4k resolution when docked for TV mode. OLED will consume less battery life, offer higher contrast, and possibly faster response when compared to the current Switch display. Switch and Switch Lite displays are 6.2 inches and 5.5 inches in comparison. So to, you know, kind of boil that down, right? So we're talking about about an inch extra screen real estate. Pretty significant. Uh, OLED screen that is better on power, better resolution, and um and potentially uh quicker response time refresh time maybe and we'll just look uh, and then, better with true blacks like your phone yeah um and then also uh 4k resolution while well, docked so th- those are kind of the 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 main takeaways there so uh before we get into i guess you know like the tech and some of the reactions to this news and and everything else this initial news drops. What is your reaction to that, Steve? Like, how, how did you feel about this? Very initial? excited. So I've been playing the Vita recently, as you know. And uh, so I've got the first version of the PSP. So you've got the second version there. I've been playing the first version. No LED. Has an OLED screen. And it, I, it's phenomenal just how you can't see the edges of the screen. Even when uh, there's a big black border around because I'm playing a GBA game that doesn't fill the full 16 by 9. Uh, and it's, it's lovely. Same with my phone, and I've got an OLED TV, so I'm quite fortunate that it's like true black when there's nothing on, uh, and I'm ready for an OLED screen on the Switch. But also, I'm ready for those bezels to get a lot thinner. So I I think the way they're going to go is similar footprint, same controllers, they'd be stupid not to, with how many they've sold, and yeah, it's just going to be a slightly bigger screen. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I... Yeah, I also had a, a, a positive reaction to this immediately. 
um you know we've yeah, the sl- sort of because i messaged you and you said you did the upside down face <laughs> well i was about to say yeah i was gonna say uh I, my, my initial reaction was positive but there is definitely um i i did kind of like have that moment of like ah 720 like that's kind yeah. of disappointing um you know we've talked about it a lot and we've said how 1080p screen like 1080 handheld was really something that we were looking for right and that was one of the things that we really wanted um and and there's been there's been some backlash around that there's been some conversation there and uh i i did want to just kind of bring in a few more pieces of information a few more takes about that and then we can kind of just get into the whole conversation so uh takashi who wrote the story he uh followed up his tweets about it and talked about um some of the kind of reasoning i think behind using these screens right so uh, unlike flexible OLED screens that high-end smartphones are using, rigid OLED is cheap and prices have been falling recently due to oversupply. Deal is good for Samsung as it can secure a stable buyer. So It's also I worth think- noting that Samsung Display is not the same as Samsung Electronics and Samsung... They also have another company, Samsung Vision, I think it's called, that makes Samsung TVs. Samsung do not currently have an OLED TV. They, For some reason, their TV division decided they don't want to buy... OLED panels from Samsung Display to put in their TVs. And the other main manufacturer of of, uh, OLED panels, the only other manufacturer of OLED panels in the world is LG Display. And they do sell OLED TVs. So Samsung's left with a a huge stockpile deficit of all of these OLED panels they don't have a buyer for because Samsung's TV division refused to make an OLED TV. They make QLED TVs instead at the moment. Um, right. So it's it's great for them to have a buyer with Nintendo and hopefully Nintendo got them for a good price. Yeah, and I mean that that's that's what you know Takashi seems to be saying here, right? Like they they basically have, have secured this this great buyer uh in Nintendo. And you gotta imagine that it, it because they have this overabundance of them and they're struggling to get rid of them, that prices are probably pretty good. And that, that will allow us to get, you know, a Switch Pro that is you know, ideally, like a, a potentially a lot stronger in its build quality, but isn't maybe isn't a lot more expensive. That I'm hoping like a, it's the same price. I really hope this just replaces the current SKU, and then the regular one gets a price cheaper. Cut. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for as well. And I don't. That doesn't seem crazy with this news in mind. Um, and then I also wanted to call out um, one Jeff Grubb. Uh, you know, Summer Games Mess Venture Beat Jeff Grubb, well known. Uh, he tweeted out a thread that um, I thought did a good job of kind of boiling down the 720 versus 1080p argument and um, swayed my opinion a little bit to the point where like I'm, I'm actually not bothered by it anymore because I feel like for what we're getting, it probably is a good compromise to keep costs down and allow us to have better resolution while docked. Um, so Jeff said, I'm begging you. Before you give your Switch Pro takes, please look at the pixel density of 720p at 7 inches. It's 209 pixels per inch, which is equivalent to a retina display if you hold it 16 inches away from your face, which you almost certainly do if you are an adult. 1080p in handheld is a waste of power, both in terms of performance and battery. Even on your phone, which probably has super high resolution games, uh, sorry, even on your phone, which probably has super high resolution games run at 720p because you won't notice the difference, but you would notice your battery draining in 20 minutes. Nintendo absolutely could have bumped it up to 1080p to get the bigger number marketing buzz, but it is absolutely the right call not to do that. 
I will be reading and watching your reactions, and I'm going to be waiting for one of you a-holes to say some shit about 720p. Oh, and text and UI would be even smaller at seven or at 1080p. And the contrast improvements of OLED are going to be any you know, a bunch of the carrot to the you know it's going to be much greater than a resolution bump. I can keep going. And then the, he gives some examples uh, that speak to that. So if if you want to go check it out, Def Grub tweeted about it a couple days ago. Um, great tweet thread. I I think that those are are compelling wrinkles to the conversation that like yeah to me the only negative of this report was the 720 versus 1080 thing and reading that it's kind of like doesn't actually seem like that would make much of a positive difference no so and, and John Linneman over at Digital Foundry also replied to a few people um, who were making this this comment um, and said currently most big switch games fail to reach 720p as it is the PPI is already high enough at this size a 1080p screen would mean that most games will have to use scaling native pixel resolution is always superior to filtered scaling so you may end up with a, a, a position where if the game only reached 720p natively and had to scale up to 1080 that it would look worse on a 1080 display than it would on a 720p display and considering that handheld you've got so many games that are really struggling even look at bowser's fury they had to cut to um, 30 frames a second to be able to reach anywhere near the resolution they need to and it still doesn't hit 720p right so for me if we can get to a point where with this super switch switch pro whatever you want to call it um that while in handheld we can get 720 60 fps and then we have, you know, super scaled 4K um, that is basically just 1080 HDR, you know, working on a 4K display. Um, that that feels like a totally perfect trade off in my mind. Yeah, I, so I agree. I'm, I'm, and then then the other side of this is the 4K stuff when it's docked. And how, how do you right. feel about that? So I, I think that's fine um, because. Granted, like I just said, I think it's probably going to be super scaled. Like, it's not going to be true 4K. Um, it's going to probably be like 1080 HDR that's getting bumped to 4K in the same way that you see um, like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X doing that with like last gen games or um, or like having those patched 4K versions of games like God of War that are in 4K but are not in native 4K. Um, well, I, th- I think in this instance, though, and I'm reading Jeff, Jeff Grubb's latest article, it seems that. And it makes most sense that it's slightly different to that in that it uses okay. NVIDIA's DLSS tech that they use on PC games. So the mm, DLSS okay. stuff, which uses uh, NVIDIA's Tensor cores, which are currently only in high-end um, RTX graphics cards, they really want to bring that to console. Uh, and if they can bring the DLSS tech to the Switch, whether that's in the Switch itself or it's in the dock, to scale up using AI in real time, um, you end up with better results than actually native 4K. And they've proven that time and time again. If you Digital Foundry have a bunch of videos on this. I highly recommend watching. Um, one that I watched recently was with Alex Battaglia, and he did uh, an in-depth look at control using DLSS on uh, PC. And okay. the DLSS 1080p scaled up to 4K looks noticeably sharper than native 4K pumped straight out of the of the game so we could end up with a really really good looking system on a on a 4k panel whereas at the moment you know it's outputting most games don't hit 1080p which is already four times the the like four times smaller than the native resolution of 4k uh so you're ending up with scaling up and the the main ui 720p 
So you end up scaling up that main UI on a 4K panel 16 times to reach the screen size you need to. And it really shows. And I think if they can improve that with DLSS, um, then that will be the way they go. Yeah. And, and to me, like that's, that's really all I feel like I'm looking for, you know? Um, everything they've said here seems like it's checking all the boxes that you and I have constantly gone back to like seeing what we're asking for, excluding the 1080p while in handheld. But like yeah. after seeing the math and everything, it's just like I don't really feel like I care about that. Like this, this seems like this seems like it's going to serve me and my use cases for the Switch better than the alternative. Yeah, hundred percent. And I really hope that there is some kind of boost mode or it natively works with the games that already exist rather than games having to be patched because yeah. I'd love to be able to pop Breath of the Wild in. And I know that will be one that gets patched anyway, but pop Breath of the Wild in day one and run around uh, the forest and not have any slowdown because there are notable points when you play that game where it drops below 30 frames a second. And that was a day one launch title. And That's yeah, they the thing patched I care it about. to improve it, but it never reached the point where it was solid 30. And I really, really hope we can reach that. And to me, that's the thing I care about the most with this bump is that, like, it helps make frame rates more consistent. Yeah, that's the thing I care about more than anything. And the only thing that they haven't mentioned on this so far is VRR. And I really hope that some of the HDMI 2.1 stuff is in here. If they're putting a 4K in here, it's likely it will have an HDMI 2.1 chip in there, which may mean that we get um, VRR variable refresh rate, which means it would work with panels that have that. So then those frame rate dips become way less noticeable as it adjusts the panel to match the frame rate the game's outputting. So I wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit real quick here uh, because there is an article um, that came out. There's an interview with uh, Nintendo's president, uh, Shintaro Furukawa, over on, uh, uh, I think it's Nikai. It could just be Nikki business. It's N-I-K-K-E-I. And um, Kotaku did like a, a little kind of like write up of it. Uh, Brian Ashcraft did this. And there were a couple of quotes I wanted to kind of pull from this and, and just kind of uh, contextualize this. And, and I guess ask you the question of like, when do you think we see this? What, what do we think a, a, re- a relative release window could be? And, um, and, and what does it mean for the Switch moving forward, I guess, right? So... Uh, This is a quote from Furukawa. For our company, it's a big topic what we should do when a console passes its fifth year and the hardware life cycle is in the process of getting longer. Uh, He goes on to say, and this is like jumping around, right? Um, But he said that like, you know, there's, there's great care that's given to Switch owners that are continuing to use the console. And, um, you know, they, the, the interviewer didn't specifically ask about the Switch redesign, um, but there are kind of some things here that seem to maybe point to it that I thought were interesting, along with that five-year mark, right? Because next year will be five years of the Switch. Um, so the interview uh, did touch on like how Nintendo develops new hardware and like what their approach is. And um, so they said, uh, depending on how things are handled, the console's lifespan can get even longer, right? And then Furukawa said, that's correct. Regarding the Switch's lifespan, I often say that it's entered the middle phase or so. Uh, He explained that because the Switch can be played as a traditional home console and as a portable, there are a lot of possible games. Quote, we are able to lengthen the life cycle. And then he said, we are always doing R&D, 
uh, because you must do all sorts of various preparations to make one new console, the truth is that you cannot stop. Ultimately, the deciding factor as to whether or not something becomes an actual product is whether or not it creates a new experience. Um, and then talking about the sales, saying currently the Switch's sales are exceedingly favorable and achievements are also good, but I have zero peace of mind. Uh, not matter the hits in the entertainment business, people someday do lose interest. Up until now, we have repeatedly had the experience of our business taking a nosedive. Uh, because of this, I myself, as well as those within the company, do not all think that the current state of affairs will keep going and going. Uh, he believes that every single year is, quote, a do or die situation. You must give new customers fresh surprises and our existence can slip into obscurity at any time. I always have this kind of sense of crisis. So I thought that was interesting, right? Yeah. Like coupled with the five-year benchmark saying that that he sees the Switch as being in the middle of its life cycle, but then also talking about this thing that like you need to constantly stay hungry, you need to be giving new innovations, you need to be challenging your your fan base and rewarding them for sticking with you. Putting that in the context of next-gen consoles launching this past year, really coming into full force now in 2021, especially on the side of PlayStation, who has a couple really high-profile games scheduled for later this year. How do you feel about all that? Like, like With all of that in the context of these rumors and what's going on in gaming right now, when do you see... First of all, do you think these rumors are true? Yes. When do you see it coming out? And what do you think that means for the Switch? So I, I think that there's there's no reason to think that these rumors aren't true. You just got to look at the track record of the reporters and yeah. you know that they're 100% accurate. This is this is something that's coming. And we've we've been asking for this for ages. Uh so I I do think it's it's true and I thought it was going to come this year, I really did. But looking at their sales and the fact that it really feels like Breath of the Wild 2 isn't coming in 2021 to me now it feels like it's next year's game we've already had splatoon 3 announced for next year i really think the the super switch or the switch pro is coming out next year i think it will be revealed later this year around probably around november time but um i think that may be just to dissuade people from buying another console at christmas uh and i think it will come out probably by march next year I think that they will probably hit that fifth anniversary. Can you imagine if uh, fifth anniversary of the Switch, right? And it's like Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, Splatoon 3, and there's like Mario, Mario 2 later that year. <laughs> like, Mar- so Mario Kart 9. <laughs> Arms 2, let's go! <laughs> Another Mario um, Rabbids maybe? I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't kick it out of bed. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I so to answer my own questions, uh, I agree with you. I do think these rumors are true. Um, I saw a number of gamers uh, doubting these rumors, especially because of the OLED stuff. And I'm and uh, I got to be honest with you: when you say things like that, you prove that you don't read and you don't follow games coverage that much. Um, n- no offense, but don't. Maybe just don't throw out these super hot takes about how a report from somebody who's got a really strong track record from a really respected publication uh, is making things up. Not a good look. Uh, I think you can take this to the bank. I think it will be revealed later this year, as uh, um, as we've discussed. And I, I'm increasingly coming around to that side of thinking, of the idea that it's next year, 
maybe early next year, um, and that that it will still launch alongside of Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, I think uh, it, I think it's probably going to be Breath of the Wild two and Splatoon three that it launches with at the same time. Yeah, could be. And that's those are system sellers. They really are, especially Splatoon. Not to mention in in Japan, and and not to mention the. Pokemon Legends Arceus is supposed to be coming out somewhere around yeah. that time. Like, imagine the the marketing that you can. Maybe write. that oh, just is the... the sequel to Breath of the Wild. It is just Pokemon Legends Arceus. <gasps> They're just like we That'd changed our mind. Link's not in it anymore. You're picking up Pokemon. <laughs> you played Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and like I, I can imagine that narrative, right? Of like, oh, like the first truly open world Pokemon game with the power of Nintendo Sw- Super Switch. You know, whatever. Yeah, and, and, uh, and to answer your other question I didn't answer, I think it isn't the end of the Switch, and I do think every game will be compatible with the original Switch and the new yes. Switch. And I do think that this is very much like an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro. It's that mid-gen refresh that people have been looking for that plays games better, and it's the, probably the place to play those games, but it isn't the only place to play those games. And considering they've sold millions of, of Nintendo Switches, they would be silly to alienate that um that that gamer base mm-hmm. um by by saying you have to buy a, a new console and i think they learned their lesson with the new 3ds the fact that no one wanted to play those games that were exclusive to the new nintendo 3ds and they it, sold like it, garbage yeah it makes no sense to just restrict yourself like that yeah i totally agree i could i could maybe see like um like maybe like exclusive modes or or yeah. like stuff like that to some degree but like i think it'll be more like uh, what you're seeing now where it's like, oh, yeah, like you could play Spider-Man Miles Morales on PlayStation 4, but if you want better load times and native 4K 60 FPS and adaptive triggers and, you know, all these things, then you you should play it on PS5. It's better on PS5. But, yeah, no, it completely works on your old Switch, you know? Like, I, th- I think that's going to be the narrative. Um, and I think and that that's makes sense. Say- and it's also proven. It's a proven model. Yeah, it is, but I, I I don't think that is to say that there won't be exclusive games. I could see some third parties being like, we really like want to get this game ported over, but it won't run on the original Nintendo Switch, but it will run on this Switch Pro at like 1080p rather than uh, 4K. So let's just put it on there anyway. Something I could see too is maybe some of those games like um, like a Hitman 3, which is... Oh, the cloud like those- version. So the, uh, yeah. But you could play it natively maybe on, on the new one. That would one, be great. You know, and... and Still, still a worse version comparatively, but like you're you're effect- effectively playing like the base PS4 version of of that game on. And to be honest, Switch I would Pro. love that. Like, I would be so happy to play a base PS4 handheld than than anything else. Like that that yeah. that opens up so many opportunities to third party games that we haven't had at the moment. Yeah. All of those games that were on PS4 and Xbox One that couldn't be ported, maybe we'll finally see Cyberpunk 2077 on on Switch as well. <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> uh but yeah I, I think something like that doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility to me i think that could totally make sense um but yeah in terms of like what it means long term i i think i think you're totally right on the money i think the idea of it being like more of a 0. 0.5 than a 2 is is 100 percent what we're looking at and that it is going to mostly just be like quality of life improvements, you know, better performance, better runtime, better loading time, um, all those things. And that it's like, 
you know, if you're a casual player, things you don't really care about. But like if you are someone who uses your Switch every day, maybe you've got some wear and tear on yours and you're ready for an upgrade, you know, whatever. I'm so ready for sense. an upgrade. You know, get rid of those drifty Joy-Cons and get yourself a fresh set because they're 70 quid anyway. Right. Especially in the context of uh, them saying that they only have plans to produce like a million units. Like that absolutely speaks to it being a premium product you know well see that that makes me think gives me pause that this is the replacement to the switch sku and that this isn't something that's addition like has a premium price on it my thing is i think it will be but not by a lot like if it's 50 dollars more than a regular switch that seems appropriate because like imagine that right imagine it's 350 at launch and then the regular switch goes down to like 250 I'd really like to see them, though, make either a bundle where it comes with a pro controller or a bundle where it doesn't come with Joy-Cons. Because I think so many people have Joy-Cons and they're just going to be updating their system that they only need probably the base console, maybe a new dock if that exists. But I just need the the unit. You know, I already have like three sets of Joy-Cons. I've got two Nintendo Switch docks. It doesn't bother me. And that Switch will probably still be in use. I'll probably use it as like a second Switch for streaming or something. Uh, But I don't really want to buy everything all over again. It depends, I think. Like if there are, like if it's like uh, Joy-Con 2.0 and like, oh, no drift and it's got new features or whatever. Like then I'd be like, I mean, really hopes they address drift, but I bet you're like wishing they don't address drift for your your predictions over there. It's tough. (laughs) Like as a consumer, I want them to, but like I want to win this bet. Yeah. So I'm kind of like just... Here's the thing, though. I said they wouldn't address it this year. If we both agree that the Switch Pro comes out, in whoa, 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 whoa! No, that's addressing fucking... it by saying that, like, like mentioning it. That's addressing the issue. If they say it this year, so that's what I'm saying. The perfect solution oh, in my yeah. mind. Well, see, they've got to is... announce two consoles this year because that's on my predictions list. So and you're fucked on that. that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. but I think. I think that's how I win, right? Is they don't they announce Switch Pro this year and then they announce the Joy-Con update next year. And well, then I'm okay. gravy. Well, well, we'll see about that. I'm not so sure myself. I do think <laughs> it's going to be announced this year and released next year, but I would also love to be pleasantly surprised and this is a holiday product and this year under my Christmas tree I can have a new Nintendo Switch. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um but either way, uh, what I can promise you is that Steve and I will be there to discuss it with you. Uh, so keep it tuned, and uh, we will we will follow this story as it develops, of course. And uh, whenever there's a new Switch, you can bet we'll have it, and we'll be able to talk about it. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm already I'm getting it day one. All right, I'm saying it right here. Getting it day one. If I can, Nobody if there's only a million, might not be able to, but I'm going to try my best. We're going to make it happen. Nobody tell Sarah. Everybody be cool, okay? all right so thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of the podcast if you have any thoughts on the super switch or switch pro or whatever the hell we're calling it these days uh please write in to me at pete at lupots.com come join the conversation over on the discord and get in the podcast channel and you can get your thoughts right on the air just like all the fine folks in our mail pot segment did of course if you want to go above and beyond you can head over to patreon.com where for just a buck you'll be able to get access to after dark where we're going to keep the conversation rolling here today a little bit more and talk about steve's experience getting the covid vaccine and me trying to explain wandavision to him 
uh, someone who has not seen any of the MCU movies. That should be interesting. So uh, you're going to want to check it out. Best way to get some more content from us and keep in touch. If you want to get some more free content, you can, of course, head over to twitch.tv slash Pots, where every week, uh, unless we're sick, Steve and I are over there streaming something. We'll be back this week, I would imagine, with some more Ocarina of Time. If you want to come uh, be a part of that, we'd love to hear from you. Meet, yeah. Uh, talk come with watch you. me be a salty gamer again. He so got so salty last time. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Uh, so you're going to want to come check that stuff out, I think. Uh, and yeah, we're always doing cool stuff. I hope you'll come be a part of it however you can. Um, so with that, that's been this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you're uh, having a good one. Staying safe and sane in 2021. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.